Good evening and welcome to another edition of One Amazing Experience. And I'm delighted today to be joined by Atul Lakani from Sanjay Foods. Uh, Sanjay Foods, they have uh, won pretty well every Asian award going in terms of catering. So they won um, the Asian Business Awards, Midlands Asian Wedding Awards, the British Asian Wedding Awards, as Best Asian Wedding Caterer, Best Event Management Company. Uh, they, in 2020, they won the East Midlands uh, Chamber of Commerce Excellence in Customer Service Awards. And Atul himself has been given the Pride of India Award at the House of Lords in recognition of recognition, sorry, of Sanjay Foods, forward-thinking contributions to UK's hospitality industry. So at all, welcome. Uh, would you like to give us 30 seconds on Sanjay Foods and what you're doing at the moment? Fantastic. Thank you for your kind words. Um, so Sanjay Foods is a catering uh, and e event management business. We're primarily based in the Midlands in Leicester. That's our head office, but we do travel uh, all over the country. We, we cater for small events, medium-sized events, large events. And indeed, we've recently, uh, just prior to the COVID, we, we've started doing events abroad. Fantastic. And Tully, uh, uh, am I right in saying you've been going for, is it 11 years now in terms of Sanjay Foods? That's correct. We've, got, we've been going for 11 years now. And um, we've, um, we've, we've got associated businesses which have been trading longer but on the foods aspect it's been 11 years well thank you again for joining in, joining me and uh we're going to go through uh your your party so it can be whatever party you would like it to be uh and uh your venue how it's going to look and feel music tipples so what you're going to serve less in terms of drinks meal of choice i'm very excited about uh entertainment what celebrity you would have if you want to have a celebrity, uh, what your dance track will be, which I'm sure will be interesting too, uh, what a big departure, how your guests will leave, which is often a big thing in Asian weddings, and uh, also one gift to all your guests. Um, while we go through it as well, we'll be discussing your career, how Sunday Food has built up, um, your learning, people might learn from your experiences as well, uh, both in the first good 10 years and equally as well in the, in the pandemic here that we all have the pleasure of going through at the moment. Um, so to start the ball rolling, um, what is your party going to be, Sanjay, and what will be your venue of choice to have your party? Sorry, that's all. I think in terms of uh, parties, having uh, missed one of the big celebrations due to uh, the loss of my father recently, um, it, perhaps the birthday celebration is not something I would want to be involved in, but um, what I would be um, really be love to do is, uh, uh, as an individual, I've now been in the industry for 20 years, and uh, 2021 would be the 20th uh, landmark, and and I see that as a great opportunity to celebrate that, um, especially given the sort of doom and gloom we've had in 2020, um, I think that would be a perfect way of saying thank you back to our friends, some of our family, some of uh, a lot of our clients, some of our suppliers. You know, it, it would be something which would give me immense pleasure to be able to spend that, uh, that period with those people who actually not only have been on that journey, on that business journey with us, but invariably have become uh, close friends of ours. After work was founded in 1999, so it was meant to be our 21st last year as well. So uh, we have had to delay it. 
though my wife and I also have certain birthdays this year. Um, but we both decided that uh, COVID year doesn't count. So you haven't yet reached the 20 years at all. COVID year is gone. So we, I remain as 49. I will be 50 in, in 2021. <laughs> well, it was my 50th, which we missed. So, uh, no, no. Maybe, yeah, maybe if I subtract a couple of years, then I should, I could get back to it. Yeah. So. Excellent. And uh, so where would you like to have this celebration of 20 years in the industry? I would, uh, had it been a small occasion, I'd love to do an event in an exotic place like Marrakesh. But with what I've got in mind, it would involve, as I said, a lot of people it would be almost like a big fat Asian wedding without it being a wedding. You know, yeah. I think I would perhaps bring the big fat equation into it, but uh, <laughs> um, it would be held at the IXL event center at the Dallas Burston Polo Club, which is our venue. And, uh, you know, it's often said home is where your heart is. And uh, I think that's where I would like to celebrate that. Um, uh, and, and not only that, it's set in 600 acres of land. We have uh, a gorgeous setting there. And, um, you know, short of Blenheim Palace. Yeah, I think I think it's a, it's an amazing um, place for for that type of event. Fantastic. And just for our listeners, so describe a little bit more. What what is the what's the inside of IXL like? So it's a very uh, modern contemporary building. However, or from the external, but once you get in, you know, with uh, all the handstone pillars. Um, no, no expense has been spared when, when it came to building this, um, you know, this amazing, um, wedding space. In fact, it was actually built for conferences. So I don't know what the builder was thinking because, uh, that when I walked in there, it didn't look anything conferency to me, you know, it just, it, it immediately struck me as being the perfect venue for amazing occasions, whether it's large Indian weddings or, uh, just, you know, special events. And uh, we, we, we've also launched various prestigious cars from Porsches to, you know, um, other things at this venue. Excellent. And uh, how many guests do you have? I think um, we keep it quite, quite personal and small, so about 400. <laughs> what, what look and feel are you going for for the event? I think... I'm sorry. Black tie. It'll be a, it would be a, it would be a black tie or traditional attire, because uh, we'd like to create a sort of Maharaja. You know, given the gravitas of uh, 2020, um, you know, we'd want to sort of look ahead and plan uh, with a sense of optimism, and we'd like to create this whole Maharaja theme event, which actually given the red carpets, uh, as I said, the pillars uh, and the opulence of the building, it would work really fantastically well. Yeah, I mean, you know, with events, uh, it's important for us to sort of excite the senses, you know, um, not just simply through um, the, the aesthetics, but through the, the smell, um, you know, the aromas, and uh, so, so we would build all of that in, you know, to create that um, that that feel that as if they've uh, arrived at um, they've arrived in um, in Jodhpur in India, and um, you know, we whilst I don't think we could ship an elephant in to um, actually welcome the guests, but you know, we, we've built things in the past which which resemble that. So um, 
you know, that's the type of feel we'd like to create. Wonderful. And uh, would you have live music meeting people? Yes, of course. So, you know, we we love our live music. And, um, you know, there's uh, there's a number of uh, groups we've become uh, quite associated to and who we, whose services we offer. So we'd be asking, so we can actually handpick the artists who are going to, you know, um, and, and, it, and it covers a whole genre of music. You know, it doesn't need to be any specific. It doesn't necessarily need to be Bollywood. So you'd still have your string quartet there. You'd still have um, your harpist and your violinist. But collectively, they, they help to create this magical um, symphony almost, you know, which, um, which we could then um, coordinate with um, the rest of our offering. A magic and, symphony. That would be important because I would love all my staff. Uh, we, we have an amazing uh, staffing team, you know, which you may know something about, Philip. But, uh, <laughs> uh, and, you know, I know one thing is they love actually dressing up in traditional attire. And uh, it always works well. Great stuff. So, magic symphony of music greeting people. And uh, what uh, what welcoming drinks will you have? So, I mean, because drinks is quite a personal choice. Um, I'd like to have lots and lots of champagne. You know, Laurel Perry is always um, the the pink champagne is always. Uh, a very popular choice, but equally, I'd love to have lots and lots of cocktails and mocktails. We, we have we employ some of the best mixologists in the country, bar none. And uh, these guys, you know, we've even taken them abroad with us. And so, you know, the whole offering from, you know, you name it, we, we would actually be offering from mojitos, pina coladas, espresso martinis, the strawberry daiquiris, you know. And of course, you know, there'll be plenty of whiskey because that's a popular tipple amongst the Indian, you know, fraternity. Well, not Absolutely. just Indian. But. Yeah. No, I, um, as you may be aware, I worked at the Natural History Museum. We used to do Asian uh, Indian weddings for 600 people. Uh, and there would have to be a bottle of Jack Daniels on each table. So it was, it's, it was part of the, the setting, shall we say. Yeah. Um, so we've started your part. Let's then move on to the start of your career. So you say you've been in the industry for 20 years. I know you, you studied at the University of Greenwich. Is that correct? Doing economic yeah. So I did an economics degree. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, so I graduated with a 2-1. It, uh, it was perhaps one of the happiest times of my life. Um, I, might, I met my wife uh, while I was studying, although she wasn't okay. studying. And, okay. um, you know, I made some amazing contacts and friends who I still keep in touch with today. Yeah. And so then did you, um, were you involved in hospitality at that time or did you move straight into that or? Yeah, to be honest, uh, by default, um, I, I have been in, involved in hospitality for as long as I can remember because my father has been in the sort of restaurant trade and, um you know, so yes, I've been involved in hospitality. Um, I never actually had aspirations of returning to hospitality. You know, I even had a job in the city of London lined up once I finished my degree. But then, unfortunately, my father fell ill. Um, being the eldest son, there was a lot of um, expectancy that I would sort of come back, and uh, which I did. Then you, you know, you get used to earning a bit of money, and uh, life becomes <laughs> a bit more simpler. And then you get married, and uh, 
all of a sudden, uh, by default, I was, you know, in hospitality. Fantastic. And so you, you were first working in the family firm then in restaurants, is that right? That's Before right. You said- yeah. So we, we at the time, we had about five restaurants. And, um, you know, so we were in, um, um, yeah, so we, we were all, it was quite an incestuous business in that we were all in hospitality, all restaurant owners. And, uh, you know, so a, a lot of my early roots lay in that running restaurants. And, and was Sanjay just a natural development from that, from the restaurant? Yeah, I mean, I did. Um, what happened was I decided to then um, take a leap of faith. Um, I think there was a, a disagreement on how the business should go forward. Um, it was it was never about money or anything. It was always about how I felt the vision, where the brand, where the business needs to go. And um, I think one fine day I decided that that was enough and I didn't want to do it anymore, which was great. But I had three kids and five grand in my pocket. So it was uh, <laughs> it was quite a challenging journey. So what was your what was the first event you ever did? The first event I ever did. Oh, I remember this extremely well. Um, it was at, um, I believe, Walling. Uh, oh, no, it's a, it's a hospital in Coventry. And it, they have um, like a social club for doctors and nurses and so on. And uh, I did a 40th party there, someone's 40th party. And um, I remember, you know, we really sort of overperformed. We, did, we had phenomenal reviews on the night. And then I remember driving back down the M69. And by the end of M69, I was in a state of shock because I realized that after all that hard work, after all I'd done, I'd only made 200 quid. (laughs) So, you know, the commercial reality of sort of running that type of an operation was far more different to an established business with existing cash flows and all the rest of it. But, um, you know, it was something I'd been bitten by. Um, The bug, you know, uh, it's only those in hospitality who understand that. And... uh, you know, indeed, it's the same people who actually today are still persevering because it is, they still have that love for it. But uh, subsequently, I mean, so that was one of the first events. But subsequently, we've done, um, you know, a thousand people sit down. We've, we've done many in huge weddings. Up, We did 1,500 people at Event City for Wilco's. Um, that was a big bit of corporate work. We catered for, and now this wasn't on a dinner, but we catered for circa 40,000 people at Olympia. In um, oh, this is going back now, two thousand eight, nine, and uh, that was uh, it was like a carnival, and uh, we took so we had uh, there were six stands there, and out of the six, we took five of them, and the health authorities closed the sixth one down, so then uh, we were the only ones there, and it was fantastic <laughs> because you know it gave us a great platform. Amazing, amazing, and you, you obviously talk about you you started the the event side because you yeah, so there's a difference in vision in terms of where the restaurants were going so are you very clear on your how, your vision of how you wanted your business to go and, and has that vision changed over the year no indeed um that that was it, it was that uh, particular point which was the um where, where the issues lay because my i always believed in operating at a, a very high standard um, i felt for me to be coming back into hospitality of course, I'd worked the summer jobs with my dad and so on. But then to commit my life to it, I needed to be uh, 
preach our brand, our name at a, at a certain level. I mean, that doesn't mean that I sort of disrespect anybody who doesn't perhaps operate at the same level because, you know, everyone has their own journey. But I, I think that if, you know, after all the education, if I wanted to um, go into the, the whole arena of hospitality, it had to be at a particular level. Um, have we maintained that? Um, yes, I, I believe we have. I think we've won about 17 odd awards. We've had multiple recognition from, you know, um, most uh, professional bodies. And at one time we operated at about 180 venues across the country. So we had catering rights at all of them. I'm not saying we operated at all of them. Indeed, there were some venues we were we were their preferred caterer and we'd never even heard of the venue. So <laughs> you know, I'd like to think that it was one of those cases where your name walks in before you do. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's great when it happens. Mm. <laughs> Um, and talking, talking of walking in, obviously your guests have walked in. They've had uh, a, a magic symphony of music. They've been served champagne, Laurent Perrier rosé, or mocktails and cocktails, mojitos, etc. And um, your your meal of choice. Uh, are you going for standard three courses or something completely different? Totally up to you at all. Um, I am so used to doing standard three course that that's not what I'd want. You know, I'd want to turn this. This isn't sort of. Um, my 50th, or it's not, this is your life. I want people to come there and it, I want it to be very interactive. I want it to be very engaging. I want the champagne to be flowing. I want um, the performances to be very interactive. So, you know, you've got um, uh, all, all types of acts going on. But the food, obviously, we are foodies and, uh, you know, Sanjay Foods, hence. Um, but what I'd like to do is just have a whole selection of canapes, you know, um, 15 to 20 different canapes, which are, and uh, they would just keep flowing. They would keep flowing uh, for, for, a, for a quite a long period of time, uh, perhaps a good hour, hour and a half. And uh, until people have really, you know, that um, uh, they feel that uh, they've tried so many different varieties. Um, being, being primarily operating in the Indian arena, we don't believe less is more. Uh, and we would then have, um, I, I would do perhaps live stations with bowl food so people can just come and grab little bits of food, uh, you know, of their choice. Uh, at that stage, we wouldn't necessarily just um, stick to Indian alone because our, our cuisine is, whilst um, our traditionally and our heritage is Indian, but we also do, uh, do a lot of uh, fusion cuisine and we do it very well. So we would do, you know, from um, Indian uh, to Chinese and um, e even Japanese. You know, we have some chefs who work for us who are phenomenal with sushi. So that would be, you know, that would be our thing. In terms of menus, you know, with um, th there's, a, there's a number of uh, sort of canapes which I would love to sort of offer. You know, lobster is, is one of them. You know, we have a unique style of cooking lobster, simmered in five spices, uh, with peppers and garlic and ginger. Um, then you've got um, th things like the chili garlic king prawns. Uh, seafood lovers would have a, an absolute feast in this, you know. Uh, we do some, uh, we, we use Scottish salmon and um, we do a lovely salmon tikka, which which always works well as a, as a canapé. Um, you know, but with equally, you know, I'm also very conscious, coming from a vegetarian background, 
my vegetarian guests would couldn't walk away from there uh, feeling unfed or unloved. So, you know, we'd have a whole array of, um, you know, things like mushrooms, which are stuffed in paneer, which is cheese with, uh, in fact, it's, paneer is an Indian cheese, but we'd, we also add um, a red Leicester cheese to it with peppers, onions and garlic. Um, we have uh, we have one particular dish which really is um, mouth-watering and it makes me actually hungry just talking and talking about it. <laughs> and it, and it's called a chart, which we actually, um, we use a combination of chickpeas and potatoes combined with red onions, pomegranate, green mango. Um, we have uh, Greek yogurt on it. On top of that, we put a tamarind sauce, some fresh coriander leaves, some microherbs, and that is all encapsulated into a small handheld snack. Can you believe it? But it's Amazing. divine. It's one one mouthful, and uh, you know you want to keep coming back for more. So we want to give that sort of we we do want to we do want to be elaborative when it comes to food because that's what we've learned. For. And that, that child will be right on my wife. Sweet, she would love that. Does she? Uh, oh. And uh, so you've done the canapes. Are you then going on to your bowl food, as you say, and then a dessert as well? And I, I'm assuming as well, being Indian, there'll be a very expensive, I'm sure there'll be a very expensive bread station as well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And um, luckily, we've created an area at the Polo Club, at, at the IXL Event Centre, where we can do live uh, live, you know, naan breads and, uh, and so on. Right. So I'd love that theatre element, you know. It's because by that time, if truth be told, the guests are going to be pretty full up. But uh, nonetheless, hence the bowl food. So, you know, whether it's the lovely sort of simmering butter chicken, uh, whether it's, um, you know, the, the lamb, the karai lamb. Um, we, we'd probably do all the seafood at, at, as the canapes. And then again, the vegetarian offerings, uh, you know, all accompanied by sort of uh, you'd get... Uh, Things like uh, jasmine rice or jira rice, you know, um, things which actually complement those dishes. With the, with the, and then the bread station comes where you know you're doing the garlic naans, the mini parathas. You know, they're, they're the size, literally the size of well, actually a bit bigger than a fifty pence coin. But you know, they really uh, they do go down well with the bowl food. Yeah. And you, you obviously do, you do put a very modern twist on, on traditional dishes. So where, where do your influences come from? Well, I think a lot of the influences, um, my personal inf influences that I'm, I'm, I'm a fairly well-traveled man, um, you know, signs of a sort of misspent youth. And uh, now, so in the 80s, oh, well-spent actually, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, in the 80s, it was uh, America, you know, that was uh, the in place. Uh, in the 90s, it was um, Europe. And then um, since 2000, it's been the Middle East. You know, So I think for the last 20 years, it's been Dubai and so on. And the amount of influence you get then, the world is a lot smaller place now. You know, in indeed, um, I feel that England will soon become like the United States of America. You know, um, there may not be a true Brit here <laughs> for much longer. And I think... Uh, the cuisines which are generally on offer, uh, you know, are very sort of multicultural and cosmopolitan in, in all aspects. And hence, the food offering has to be. Yeah. And have you seen in the, in the 11 years you've been operating, so you've seen a guest's, I suppose, expectations or what they want change? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, 
the the days of the extremely large events um, are far and few. The clients um, demands in terms of what their wedding breakfast is going to be. So we're actually doing a lot more plated meals as well. So you can still have a traditional uh, Indian, but it'd be a uh, it would be a less is more. Uh, unlike the party I'm throwing, this would be a less is more <laughs> to the dinner table. You know. And uh, what you're served is what you're going to get. There's not going to be any seconds and more coming in or <laughs> another bottle of Jack Daniels down here. It'll be, you know. So yeah. we are finding that. And, and we've actually adapted accordingly. So, you know, we've incorporated a more fine dining element to our offering. And, uh, and again, you know, and in terms of uh, the offering again, you know, so if you look at my team at IXL, we've got a Chinese person, we've got a Caribbean person, we've got... Um, two English people, we've got four Asian people of, of different, you know, China, yeah, of, of different parts of India, Pakistani, Punjabi, Gujarati. And and I think that's that probably is one thing that separates our business from quite, you know, some others. Yeah. We're always looking at sort of breaking boundaries and pushing the norm, really. Fantastic. And I'm sure, as you say, you will, you will with your party. Um, so... Um, entertainment for your guests. I know you, you you're, you're keen on this. So what's here? what are they going to have? What's going to keep them entertained? So as I said, we use a, a lot of uh, freelance artists to do a lot of you know. Um, I love the. We'll have aerialists. Um, you know, they're, they're a big part of our team. Actually, they're a big part of our act. And Victoria, who who does it, she actually uh, manages all of that, uh, all of the acts for us. Um, this would be sort of combined with people walking on stilts, there'd be acrobats, there'd be all sorts of things which make this event not quite not a circus, but it just makes it, you know, and especially when these individuals are dressed in traditional attire, it looks absolutely fantastic. I mean, I remember many years ago going to a dinner and uh, there was some singing, uh, the tenors, you know, they appeared as waiters and all of a sudden, and that was before I embarked upon my own journey. And I thought that that really blew me away at the time. And uh, so, yeah. you know, today I'd like to do things where um, almost like, you know, the, I don't know if you remember the fame, the musical, you know, where people used to break into a dance. So you, you'd have possibly um, waiting personnel doing that. Yeah, yeah. Surprises to people, basically. Absolutely. Yeah. It's got to yeah, be no, an no, informal no. party, Philip. It's got to be informal. Yeah. Everyone's tired of the formality. We've had formality for so many years. And on top of that, we've had um, a, a really dreary period in all our lives. So this is designed to make people happy. So we, we have some fantastic bands who work for us. Um, I would actually like one particular performance. There's a company called K Spark who we use and Karan Pungali, who's, who's a trained uh, classical dancer. But he also does uh, contemporary, does Bollywood, and he is amazing. He has operated all over the world. He has, um, you know, uh, he's sort of danced with the biggest stars in the world. And I'd also uh, rope in my friends from um, uh, a group called The Signature from uh, Britain's Got Talent. I don't know if you remember them. There's a Michael Jackson tribute guy and a Punjabi guy with a turban, you know. But yeah, um, yeah I mean, they were voted in the top 10 acts ever. Of Britain's Got Talent, according to Simon Cowell. So, and, and he's certainly <laughs> seen the few acts, you know. Yes. And of course, the DJs. 
Yes. We use, you know, we perhaps, certainly within the Asian uh, Indian arena, we use a company called Kudos, which are far by far the biggest, but more importantly, the best, you know, in the industry of what they do. And uh, they also double up with a lot of our productions. Um, and they would be, you know, our number one choice. In, in fact, when, when, we sat, when we sit down to plan this, they would form an integral part of that team. So Kudos is definitely one company I wouldn't forget. And going back to your, your career in Sanjay Food, so I know you mentioned obviously doing a 40,000 event at, at Olympia, maybe this is it, but was there, was there a point where you thought, actually, you know, obviously you've done that first event, made 200 quid. Was there a point where you thought, okay, that this is a stepping stone, this is now a, a, a proper business or, or a particular event which afterwards you thought, yeah, I got that one right, commercial delivery, all good. Yeah, so I think I can sum that up quite easily. Um, we, as I said, we excelled at what we did for a long period of time. And then out of the blue, we had an, uh, a client who came up to, it was, it was almost fate that uh, a client approached us at an event um, and said, um, we met him incidentally on one night, him and his wife uh, to be, uh, one of my assistants came up to me, said they really want to say hello to you. And I was actually, we were really short staffed and I was helping out in the kitchen. So I said, no, I'm not going out like this. Just say hello to them, give them my business card. The following day, we were at another event and they happened to be guests there again. But this time I was a bit suited and booted, you know, and uh, happy to kind of engage with them. And uh, what the gentleman said to me that he said, look, I've paid £5,000 deposit at a venue. But my wife loves your food and you're not on their list and they're not going to budge. So I'm quite happy to let that £5,000 go, providing you get me a venue. And to me, that was such an ultimate compliment. I thought, you know, that that's great that he's willing to forgo five grand just so that we they could have our food. And so I set about, you know, no, no stone, stone unturned to find them a particular venue. It was a bank holiday weekend in 2014 and... No matter how hard I tried, I couldn't find any venue. And then I re recalled someone had approached me from this polo club. So I rang them up and uh, I went, to, well, I didn't even go to see it. I sent them to see it. They came back. They saw it. And uh, they, you know, they loved the venue. Once I'd seen the venue, we embarked upon making sure that we very quickly became the exclusive caterers there. Fast forward um, four years. And um, I was invited to Jersey, here, uh, you know, to meet the owner. And I thought, fantastic, you know, this, this is the 10-year deal I'm looking for. Let's, uh, let's go there. And um, very soon, you know, after a fabulous lunch, um, you know, we were sort of whisked into a boardroom at one of the hotels. I think it was a Grand Hotel in, in Jersey. And before I knew it, I was offered the choice of the ability to take the place over. And, right. you know, and I yeah. thought, wow, you know, now that perhaps was one of the turning points, you know, but actually even even the first introduction into the venue was a turning point for us because and getting the exclusivity because we realized actually we no longer wanted to travel everywhere. Yeah, We'd done that and it was great. You know, we'd, we'd got the T-shirt, we'd created the brand, but now it became where we needed some stability, where we needed, you know, some guaranteed revenue, and above all, people who, you know, as you perhaps know, uh, Philip, that hospitality can be a very difficult um, 
career path for many, many people because there's a lot of uncertainty as uh, the COVID has demonstrated to us. And yet there this was, this was our venue. And yeah, so in 2018, we actually took the place over. So that, if I if I think back, that was a real sort of feather in our cap and a moment where you think, you don't think I've made it because then the hard work starts because you still got to pay for <laughs> But that was yeah. the key, you know, milestone. No, that's, I mean, it, that's wonderful because what you'd also had, you'd had four years of trading, so you knew that it was a profitable business to, to do. It's, it's, it's very rare to have that opportunity. It was to, a no-brainer. It was a no-brainer. Yeah. We knew that, you know, we knew what we and also we'd had four years. But if I, you know, if I had not invested that much time, effort and money, in fact, if, I, if truth be told, we didn't make any money in that four years. All we did was invest in it. We kept investing in it with, with a degree of blind faith that, look, if they really like us, they'll sign us up for 10, 10 more years. Yeah. Little did I know that the opportunity would rise where we could actually run the show in its entirety. And not only that, perhaps... Um, you know, um, start engaging with far more of a wider audience, which is exactly what we're doing or we were doing prior to the lockdown. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's fantastic. And I, I always say to my team, the more you go towards success, the more it comes towards you. And that's just a, a perfect scenario. Right? It's like you, do, you did a good job and then that got you a, another gig and then that got you venue tenureship and then that's got you venue buying so <laughs> absolutely but it all you have to keep going towards it to make that happen and it also puts you in front of a whole new uh type of audience you know uh the polar circuit is quite a well-to-do circuit and indeed you know um indeed we may invite even invite some of those to our party <laughs> <laughs> Sounds a very sensible thing to do. It, um, it, it, I think it's the nature of what we do. That you, you are not the first person who has invited industry people to their party. It's, uh, but I think it is because of the, the anti-social hours that we all work is that quite often we are um, socializing with other people who do the same industry. So, yeah. and, you, and you, as you say, you, you have friends who, who will then also um, drive opportunities for you. Um, and in saying that, I mean, who would you say has inspired you most during your time in the industry? Wow, that's a difficult one. Um, because I, I wouldn't actually like to say any one person. I mean, there have been so many, you know, different um, people along that journey who have, um, you know, I mean, if I look back at my initial inspiration, it was my mother, you know her knowledge of food, her the cuisine, her, her sort of um, her ethics in life, uh, something I perhaps haven't lived up to. But I think that was, you know, that created the foundation for what, uh, you know, what I was to embark upon and, you know, the sort of journey and uh, what I would achieve today. Equally along the way, there have been many people, there's, um, you know, there are so many people to mention, but um, if, if I was to, uh, you know, in the early days, I also recall a, a very celebrity chef called Gary Rhodes, you know, the late Gary Rhodes. And um, having met Gary on a number of occasions and, um, in fact, most recently, just before he passed away, my son was going to go out and work for him for a little while just to get some training and, a, you know, a bit of refocus on life in general. And uh, um, so Gary formed a lot of inspiration. Then, you know, you, you could never ignore 
the early sort of cookery people from Madhu Jaffrey to, you know, then there was a gentleman called Gulam Noon who used to actually, he was the king of the frozen food market. He opened, he owned Noon Foods in London, which was, um, you know, which was ultimately sold to, I think, Kerry Foods, but supplying all the supermarkets. And so these, all these people, individuals have actually served as an inspiration along that journey. Uh, indeed, today, Dallas Burston himself, you know, he's a, he's a man of, um, he's an eccentric millionaire, multimillionaire, uh, a bit of a maverick. But, you know, his philosophy in life is very simple. He's about, he's probably approaching 70-something. And uh, his philosophy is, you know, if, if you don't work, you die. And uh, so th there's a lot of people there, you know, who, who I've taken some words of wisdom from and who have inspired me. That's great. It sounds like you've got a good rounded uh, inspiration there as well at all. So you've got some from a, from catering, some from a commercial business, and some, as you say, family in terms of work ethic and, yeah. and how you conduct yourself in life. I, I think it's difficult to have one, in, one, I mean, you know, of course, you know, uh, God inspires you, you know, but apart from that, it's very difficult to have one individual alone who can inspire you through an entire life or certainly your business journey. Yeah. Um, so they may not inspire you, but would you like to have one celebrity at your party? I would, but he's passed away. <laughs> yeah, you that. It's okay. We've had plenty of those. Oh, gosh. I mean, my all-time favourite singer, whether he would it would lend itself to our party is something else. It, it, he probably wouldn't because his music is not necessarily geared up towards a big, you know, Maharaja Bollywood-style party we're having. But one celebrity which whose music I guess I've followed over the years, um, especially through the 80s, was George Michael. You know, his, um, I think it's timeless. I think it, uh, you know, it sort of takes you back into many, uh, many times in your life, the good and the bad. And, yeah. um, you know, and sometimes when you look at your own journey, it, you you often think of, uh, you know, if it was another uh, another group, I'm, and this was before my time, but you know, uh, I think the Beatles had something very special. You know, in fact, on my LinkedIn posts, I'm often using some of their music. You know, here comes the sun. So. <laughs> no, I, I think George Michael will be perfectly fitting. Um, he, he, I mean, he's got his faith out, and there's a number of dance type tracks. That was the one, yeah. Faith, yeah. yeah, and he did his duet with Freddie. I'm trying to think what the song was, but was it Under Pressure or was that Bowie? I can't remember. Anyway, he, there's a couple. I know he did it with Aretha Franklin. You know, yeah, I knew yeah. you were waiting. So yeah, so there you go. Yeah, there, yes, crowd. You, 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 your guest would obviously be, be inspired by by George Michael being there. Couldn't have found um, him even when he was alive. But there you go. There's, there's no budget to your party, so it's okay. It's all, it's all good. Perfect. On this one occasion, you can spend <laughs> as you wish. <laughs> um, and what would you say to, to people has been your, your greatest learnings over the years from your business? The greatest learnings, I would say, is not to take yourself too seriously. Mm -hmm. um, I think um, I think follow your dream, follow your passion. You you know there'll be times when you will be you'll fall flat on your face. Uh, and uh, unless you're totally blessed, but you know, like anything else, you, you'll fall off the bike and you'll learn and you, you'll move forward. Um, it's yeah, not to take yourself too seriously, but you know, be prepared to 
be prepared to put your all into it because nothing comes easily. It's not, uh, especially in the career path we've taken, um, you know, th there are more pitfalls and more stumbling blocks than you, one could imagine. Uh, life can be, you know, and, and it's not one of those where you go home at six o'clock and you switch off because your mind is constantly working. So even I may have a fantastic team of people doing five different events, but the way my mind works, it's, uh, I, I'm still not happy until I know most of them have packed up and on their way home, you know, and if certainly if there's any younger key members of our team until they're actually home. So they have been known to text me, you know, so um, <laughs> it's, um, yeah, so be, I think, I think that's the kind of, you know. Yeah. No, that's good. And we, over the years, we've, we've dealt with a number of businesses and one of the failings that sometimes we find is, is that, over expansion how have you managed to control your business i think in the early days obviously we were we were constrained by budgets and so on so as much as we wanted to expand we couldn't um we've also been very fairly pragmatic we've learned over the years as well from the mistakes we've made where we have so we expanded into london when we weren't ready for it um you know and um you you i think you've got to be sort of uh there's a point in your life when you can expand. You know, if you have no commitments, if you're not married, you don't have children, I think it's far easier to actually achieve those type of, you know, expansion plans in those days. Once you have other commitments, I think your priorities need to change. And, uh, you know, um, so perhaps um, timing is the key. And, and I, think, I think I've been quite strategic in not allowing us to try and expand. You know, even, even through the COVID crisis, we had a lot of opportunities. but. Um, you know, and it would have been great to tell the world how I was so clever and I pivoted into this and that. But the reality is we'd have probably been out overstretched at a time when, you know, clearly it's not safe. And secondly, you know, it, it becomes an ego trip and um, I've, I've done them and I don't do them anymore. That's very good. That's very good. Don't do, don't do ego trips. I like that. Yeah, it's uh, it's easy to be a busy fool as well. Absolutely. <laughs> um, fantastic. And uh, going back to your party, um, what uh, you've obviously so you've got George Michael there, and he can be singing the first song. But otherwise, do you have a, a first dance track? What what gets at all up dancing? Okay, so I'm trying to think of what the artist is called now, but the song was Happy. Um, okay. Farrell Williams? Farrell Will Williams, yeah, absolutely. And to me, that, you know, when that tune came out, I just really, you know, uh, I, I think it stayed at number one for, I, I'm not one who follows the charts or, you know, I think my daughter's put one of those uh, apps on my phone where I can now get whatever music I need. So I'm not one of those who's going to uh, know immediately, but it, it just resonates. It makes me feel happy. I think coming through this COVID and if, if you know, God willing, everything happens um, properly, I think it, it'll be like we'll see a, an end of our own world war and, uh, you know, and there'll be time to rejoice. It'll be time to take stock. But above all, it'll be time to be happy. So I think, yeah, yeah. I think that for me would be, you know, something that would get me up with my two left feet. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I mean, the Second World War, you could still go to a pub. Um, you could, schools still operated, and obviously you could still hug each other. 
right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's almost harder now than it was in the war. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, we're, and, and in 2021, we are spoiled prima donnas who still want everything. You know, these people didn't have, they had rationing. They had uh, little tins of food they could eat from. The supermarkets are still packed. So, you know, there's always a trade-off. Yeah, yeah. Sugar was limited. Was it? Okay. Well, you you probably remember. (laughs) That's a little bit harsh. No, I don't. But bread bread was never rationed. Did you know that? So sugar was, but bread bread was never rationed. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, And you talk, obviously, then about, about, you know, COVID pandemic, et cetera. So um, it leads nicely onto the question in terms of, of what positives do you believe will come out of the current crisis? If I go back to the time where I spent uh, at the Polo Club during the first lockdown, and I think people will become a, a, a lot more uh, a lot more conscious of their actions. You know, I think I think in today's life, everybody takes too many things for granted. And I, I think, you know, I'd like to think, uh, certainly on a personal perspective, that, you know, I'll be a lot more conscious of the environment, you know, what's happening to our ozone layer, what's actually, you know, what the sort of ramifications of our actions are. I think in that respect, um, there will, of course, be a group who will perhaps follow Donald Trump and couldn't give a shit, you know, but uh, they'll equally be. Um, people, I think, who will take stock um, of this pandemic. And also, I think the very threat that this could happen again, you know, so even if they didn't really want to change how they may sort of behave in the future, um, you know, I think this will make them think twice. And I think that, you know, that pause we'll have had in that year, I think your wife's quite right. I think in many ways we need to discount that year. But then there's a worry that it could be this year as well. So it's, um, you know. Just keep this. Yeah, you know, the good thing is we're forever one or two years or three years younger. So um, that'll be good. But uh, I think it'll be time of reflection, time of, um, you know, and and indeed, like, you know, having lost uh, some close people to me, uh, that will also bring the somber reality that, um, you know, you can't take anything for granted. And so equally, there is the other thing that, you know, you've got to live for the day. You've got to, it's, uh, you know, trying to save up and build an empire and make more money and whatever is not necessarily the be all and end all. You know, sometimes the simplicity of life, you know, I'd love to see a Woodstock again. And, you know, not that I saw it first time, but you know what I mean. <laughs> you know, we've got yeah. the grounds at the Polo Club. So, you know, why not allow it? Yeah. We, we, of course, wouldn't officially allow the marijuana, but, you know. No, no, no not officially. Uh, <laughs> but it, you can't control everything. At all. I mean, that's another lesson from the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Something you can't control. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. And uh, you're obviously talking about, I suppose, more more caring and considerate world. Do you, do you have a gift that you give to your guests at the end of your party? Yeah, I was. I read this question, and I thought, okay, um, yeah, I'd like to give them a diary. I'd like to give them a diary. Each one of them. I mean, we've been known for giving these 
uh, amazing diaries. And I, I found it quite ironic that I must have had about 25 text messages um, in December asking for a diary. And I thought, guys, have you not thought we're not trading? You know, why would we need a diary? And uh, But what I would do is I'd probably uh, reprint the 2020 diary so that this would be something that people would not forget. You know, <laughs> we would, um, um, it would be full of sort of anecdotal stuff and it'd be, you know, but it'd just be, um, it'd be something which people could, uh, not like a usual diary which uh, we use and we throw away at the end of the year. This would be something which they keep um, and, uh, you know, lest we forget the sacrifice we made. Yeah. And it uh, ended in yeah. a party. Uh, uh, all good. A thought, a thought for the day on each day. Yeah. There you go. Um, I know you're, you're talking about diary and creating memories, so these perfectly on to next question. Thank you. Uh, what is one of your best memories from working in the industry? One of my best memories? Yeah. Oh, it's got to be, it's got to be the people, you know, meeting people from all walks of life, you know, uh, it, it's, you know, it's, uh, no one day is the same as the next, you know, you're forever engaging with different people, especially on the events. And one of my abiding happy memories is when I, you know, as a business group, uh, I would perhaps when they come and do their food tastings, they negotiate the deal. They would never expect me to turn up to their weddings. And but I used to make it a point that, so if I had, say, five events going on on that day, I would drive around to all of them, you know. Yeah. And um, then because they were a bit concerned about my suspect eyesight and uh, my tendency to put my foot down, they, they gave me a driver to do it. So I, would, <laughs> I would make it a point to go to them. And you know what? That was such a wonderful feeling when I'd walk in and perhaps an elderly mother or a father would come and they would just be, oh, wow. You know, and um, and you almost feel like a celebrity, and you know, um, so that that's that's something which will uh, which is a great you know feeling. It's almost like you've you've arrived type of feeling, whilst it's not you know it's not your Dorchester, but it's um, yeah. In terms of sentiment, I think yeah. That's great. There's a one one of the other people who did this was Sue Barnes from Lavender Green Flowers Floristry. Um, and, and she she does the same. So she goes to, to the wedding. So she she reckons she's been to over sixteen hundred weddings. You may have been to more. Wow. This uh, year, and they 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 do um, the bridal bouquet. They do a sketch beforehand, and she gives them the sketch afterwards with the card as a as a touch as well. But yeah, it's it's lovely to see that. I guess is it easy to get. Um, distance from what you're actually delivering and that's as you say you're having that contact in terms of what you do so it's yeah, great to do absolutely and um the big departure how are your guests leaving how are the guests leaving well yeah. at the end of the night there'd be an amazing extravagant fireworks display because you know being set in 600 acres of land we have plenty of land we have some amazing um, wraparound balconies around the building. And so everybody could be in there, you know, they'd be having some um, a lovely hot chocolate and marshmallows and things just before, you know, they leave. But there'd be sort of 
the fire, fireworks would be choreographed to music. Um, now that's an interesting one. That's something I've not thought of. What what music we would choreograph to that? You know, <laughs> um, and it was somebody somebody to love. By the way, it was Freddie Mercury one, wasn't it? Or was that something? There you go. Well done. Yeah. So maybe that's that could be the one. You know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, certainly something which the we always say that you know in within the food arena that um, you know your canapes and things like that have to be on point because you know it's the first thing you leave with and equally with it that's often said for the desserts as well you know that it's the last thing you leave but yeah. you know so in terms of i think you know that as a as a finale where people are walking home or you know catching their taxis or driving uh, or whatever uh, to their final destination with their loved ones they they leave with something which is going to you know uh give them that real sort of um, a- amazing experience. Yeah. Well, this is called one amazing experience. Yeah. I-, I like the ending to that. <laughs> and in-, in terms of yourself, well, what what sort of future planning are you able to do at the moment? Um, we've got some exciting things lined up. We're doing some virtual events, so we're we've also in the process of setting up a a, a live cooking uh, kitchen. So we're. Uh, through the lockdown, we've done some online cookery courses. And I just felt that whilst, yes, you know, so we have amazing half a million pound kitchens with all the rationales and freemers and you name it. So to a professional person, they think, oh, wow, you know, but to someone sitting at home or they think, what the hell is that monster over there? And uh, so, yeah, so I've just signed off on um, creating a lovely kitchen at the uh, at the Bistro at the Dallas Burston Polo Club. And um, that'll be, you know, so we, we'll do those type of things. There's a couple of opportunities available to us in terms of dabbling into food production without actually, you know, doing it ourselves. Um, but, you know, using our brand and um, obviously all all the sort of intellectual property we have. So the, those options have come up. And, um, you know, obviously, as, as you're aware, I'm uh, um, I'm quite sort of, I've become a bit more politically motivated recently, but, you know, I really wanted to, it was really funny because um, I put a post up uh, when uh, Alok Sharma, the business secretary, decided to say that everybody in our trade needs to retrain and um, get themselves better jobs. And my post, and then I was told to, to tone it down a bit, it said, Alok, be starred, which was, I don't know if you remember the Rick Mail's satirical comedy, which was Alan, be starred. You know, yeah, yeah. and uh, but no, so no, maybe politics is 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 a bit far away. But uh, I'd look, you know, it'd be it'd be good to give these people a bit of a, a go at making them understand the reality of life. Absolutely, absolutely. I think I think when people are a, a career politician, they've never worked in, in business or done another job in society. It's always really concerning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But thank you at all. Um, it's it's been wonderful to go through both your career and, and development at Sanjay Foods and what you're doing at the moment, um, kitchen and filming and everything else and the virtual and hybrid and the way we're all going in terms of the events industry is definitely definitely a way to go. But we need to get back to those events. Oh, we do. Not we only do. are they the lifeblood of our industry, but they're also, um, you know, the passion that uh, we create. Um, it, it's actually ridiculous, you know thinking about it in terms of how they don't see us being hospitality when actually 
the businesses people like yourself and myself run uh, and others who've featured on your podcast are nothing but 100% hospitality, you know. Um, Absolutely. We, we tick all the boxes in terms of the food, the drink, the entertainment, you know, and, uh, and yet uh, uh, little technicalities prevent us from doing that. But again, you know, this is something uh, we can learn from and uh, ensure that in the future it doesn't happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we know that we know they have a gap in knowledge now and we can deal with that. Yeah. If it, look, even if it didn't help, I mean, you know, this pandemic will result in the survival of the fittest. But the thing is, the problem, the downside of that is also those fit people may not necessarily remain as fit as they were. No. You know, and hence that's the challenge. Yeah, it's a challenge we all face. But as you as you said, when you won your last award, you will come back bigger, stronger, and better than ever. And I'm sure you will. Absolutely, you've been doing your research. I, I, I try. <laughs> well, thank you. Now we all look forward to a Maharaja Bollywood party uh, at um, the IXL venue in um, Dallas Boston Polo Club. Uh, we look forward to being arriving to a magic symphony of music. Um, Champagne, Lauren, Perrier, Rosé, mocktails and cocktails, mojitos, and as many canapes as we can possibly eat, um, including chili and garlic corn, ham and tikka, lobster, chart, then onto bowl food as well. Some amazing entertainment, Case Bark, Signature, DJs from Kudos, um, and George Michael is going to be there. Can't be all bad. We'll all be on the dance floor straight away to uh, Happy by Farrell Williams. Uh, and then the night will continue probably until four o'clock in the morning, I should imagine. And then uh, we'll leave to, to fireworks. And um, yeah, it will be one hell of an occasion. Fireworks and planning officers waiting outside. <laughs> <laughs> the local council, but yeah. It's all right. We'll make sure we have the tens in place for the for the additional hours. Okay, we'll do it properly. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you, Atul. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Philip. You have a lovely evening. And you. God bless. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.